Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here they come on third and five. Wilson, boy, somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bounds. He's still going. And he's in. Touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20. The 10. The 5. Touchdown. Two is buried. That was Sauce Gardner. Coming in hot. Garrett Wilson. Here he goes. Goodbye and hello end zone. Van Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess. Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brees Hall. Looking for history. Hall with his 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown. Into the NCAA record books. Listen. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time for midweek news and notes with our friend who's the co-founder over at U Stadium, Mr. Nick Spano. Nick, what's up, brother? Not too much, man. It's game week, so a lot of, a little bit more of excitement in the air. feels a little different, so we're, uh, we're ready to roll, man. It's exciting. Definitely exciting, but a little disappointing. I think Robert Sala got all of our hopes up because we'll start with the big story here, which is that despite the fact that on his weekly spot a day ago with Michael Kay, Jets head coach Robert Sala said that he was optimistic about the possibility of Zach Wilson starting, said he had a good workout and wasn't going to commit to who was going to start Sunday, said he would announce it the following day. Well, the announcement came. And the announcement was that not only is Joe Flacco starting on Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens, but he's going to play for at least three weeks per doctor's recommendations. The question I have, Nick, is, especially after what happened with Makai Becton last year, where it was, ah, he's going to be back in a couple of weeks. Nah, four to eight weeks. Nah, we're done actually talking about this and we're going to pretend like it's not happening to magically at the end of the season. Ah, actually, Becton's not going to play. He's out for the year. Sorry about that. The way they managed that in the press was so poor that you would imagine they'd have thought this through better with the Zach Wilson situation. Apparently not. I know that people will say that Sal is trying to get a mental edge on the Ravens by doing this and I guess to some degree maybe that helps a little bit I suppose but at the same time it just really seems to strain Salah's credibility on matters like this which was hurt drastically by the Becton situation last year in the first place I don't think that it was going to give them that much of an edge and now it just looks really bad from a PR standpoint as we were talking about before we started recording because how are the fans possibly ever supposed to trust anything that comes out of Robert Sala's mouth? I get that there's coach speak, but this seems to be next level coach speak. Yeah, exactly. And, and Sala, again, kind of has egg on his face. You know, you mentioned the Becton thing last year. How about the Becton thing this year <laughs> when mm-hmm. he said, Oh, yeah, it looks like we avoided the worst. And then the next day comes out, the guy's knee is in shreds and he's not playing for another full year. Um, then Sala comes out and says, oh, I'm not going to, uh, you know, then Zach gets hurt and he comes out and he says, oh, I'm not going to talk about, uh, you know, after what happened with the Becton thing, I look, you know, look silly. Then he comes out and he does it again with Wilson. So he's kind of just like, 
every other thing he says, he seems to contradict himself. And look, there was no, like, looking back on it, yeah, we probably all fell victim to like, oh, wow, looks like we might get lucky and Wilson is healthy and he's going to play. But in the back of all of our minds, we kind of were like, yeah, he's not playing. Like, he, like he's not playing and nor should he probably. Um, so I, I didn't expect him to, to announce today he was going to start. I expected him to say, yeah, we're going to go with Flacco. Um, we want Zach to actually have a full week of real practice, not just these workouts he's been in. Um, and then there's a chance he plays Sunday against uh, next Sunday against the Browns. And and that's fine. If that was the case, then I'm sure Jeff fans would have been like, all right, I understand. But now that you add in the fact that he just like casually throws in, I don't want to talk about this, but he's not going to be available to play till at least the Steelers game. It's like, well, what? Like, <laughs> how is there so much misinformation and, you know, misdiagnosis and, and these, these like bullshit timelines. It's just the, the Jets PR looks really bad. Robert Sala looks really bad. You know, it's, it's just to also, you know, come from like a philosophical angle. It's just a bad vibe with all the excitement the Jets have had all off season from fans. Now to do this, you know, three days before the first game of the year where everybody's amped up to see this team play it almost takes the wind out of it a little bit. You're like, well, is this guy going to play at all? I think the majority of us, if not all of us, would have been fine if we were told a couple weeks ago, hey, Zach is out until Pittsburgh. We would have said, okay, well, yeah, he's got a, a bone bruise, which he has to stay off his, his you know, his feet for for a few weeks. And then it's got you know the meniscus takes a week or so. So, yeah, that, that timeline makes sense, even though we heard not from really the Jets, but, you know, two to four weeks from – the injury, which kind of brings you to week one. I think even if like last week or the week before, they would have said, look, Zach, Zach is going to be back. You know, looks we're aiming for week four. I think Jet fans would have been fine with it, but now you, you string them along and, you know, kind of toy with their emotions and then take, you know, suck a little bit of the energy out of this season um, today. It's just such like the Jets can't get out of their own way. It doesn't matter who's the GM. It doesn't matter who's the coach. It doesn't matter who's the quarterback. And I'm, I'm not trying to be this like same old Jets complaining like, woe is me. Cause I hate that shit. It's like, nobody cares about how sad you are or like, you know, that's your fat. It's the fact that you're a Jet fan, but they, they just keep stumbling over themselves all the time. <laughs> and, and it's like, at this point we all should just log off of Twitter and not live on everything that Jets say and live and die with, any diagnosis, any timeline, we'll see. We'll see him when we see him. That's how we should, you know. Any kind of uh, news from Robert Sala, any kind of news from the Jets is okay. Yeah, we'll see him when we see him because this is just—it's not good for anybody. I'm sure Wilson's probably like, "Well, what the fuck? What's going on here?" So it's just uh, frustrating, but it's not the end of the world. Look, I, I was expecting Flacco to play this week and next week since Zach went down. I mean, well, when Zach went down, I was expecting him to play the whole season or at least. You know, maybe Jimmy G, but I'm not. I'm not upset that he's not playing. I'm just. I'm. I'm frustrated with how the Jets just seem to you know not be able to get out of their own way. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Other transactions that were head scratching, but nowhere near as eyebrow raising as what we heard from Robert Sala in relation to Zach Wilson. The Jets released Zonovan Bam Knight, the running back who had made the roster as an undrafted free agent running back slash kick returner out of NC State. There were a lot of people that were very happy about that. Knight played well in training camp and in the preseason, and there was thought that he was going to add some more youth to this running back room that already has Brees Hall and Michael Carter. 
but instead he gets released. He does end up getting added back to the practice squad along with Eric Smith, who they signed to the practice squad too. And they also signed former Broncos punt returner wide receiver Deontay Spencer to their practice squad. This meant that DQ Thomas, the linebacker, and Calvin Jackson, who'd become a popular player among Jets fans because of his performance in the preseason, were off the practice squad, so they're both released. That was a strange series of moves. And then, of course, Connor McDermott added back to the active roster. That's why Zonovan Bam Knight had to be released. And the interesting thing about this, Nick, is I think that what probably happened is the Jets released McDermott and Adoga, figuring that one of them may catch on somewhere, but both of them probably wouldn't because McDermott is still coming back from an injury. And so... The Jets release McDermott and Adoga figuring that they might be able to get one of them back if they couldn't find somebody better. I guess they scoured the waiver wire. They called a few teams. They couldn't get anybody better, so they went and got McDermott back. And then that meant that Bam Knight had to be the roster casualty. He sticks around on the practice squad, but still a very strange series of moves. And Nick, I think you tweeted on the official U Stadium account Connor McDermott is the new how the heck does this guy keep winding up on the roster guy that the Jets have every team's got one and that guy for the Jets is Connor McDermott yeah he takes over the the place of uh Trayvon Wesco who was actually the most claimed player on uh cut down day which is crazy to think but um yeah I think I think didn't we touch on this on the on the when we did the roster breakdown about how yeah Bam made the roster but he he's probably going to be the first guy that goes once they, you know, make a transaction, which they made less than I, you know, probably any of us thought. Um, he's probably, it's probably better off. He's on the, the uh, practice squad. I guess you could say Jets were lucky to get him on there, which is cool. We keep him here. And if there's an injury, I'm sure he'd, he'd be the first man up. I, I didn't expect them to keep uh, Ty Johnson around this long and him kind of getting not, I guess probably more, he's got, he's got more, experience they think he could do a few more things so i understand it i don't like it but i understand it but look it's going to be a Brees hall michael carter show anyway um but allowing them to keep zonovan knight there develop him and stay, keep him around the room which they they really like him so i would be you know unless he just can't play um i'd assume he'd be a part of this team going forward the mcdermott thing is just like you kind of just were like, all right, good. Because they've cut him a few times in the past and he just keeps ending up back on the roster. Um, I was kind of hoping secretly someone claimed him or signed him so that, you know, we, we our hand was forced to get somebody better. But, um, you know, probably familiarity with the system. He's been here for a while. Uh, he, he wasn't god-awful when he had to play. You know, he wasn't good by any stretch, but... Um, I guess they they like him. The the club the clubhouse is like a baseball. <laughs> the locker room is is you know they they like him. It's Feeney him. They all kind of vibe together. So I, I get it. Um, but yeah, the, a few of the roster moves were interesting. It was interesting how few players they added as well. I think we all thought a safety and a, an offensive lineman was going to be added, but they kind of stuck with Ashton Davis again and. Um, you know, we'll see throughout the year at Davis. I'm sure at some point we'll get hurt because it's what he always does and they'll have to bring somebody else in. Um, but you know, I think it's cool to bring back Strebler and to bring back, uh, Zonovan Knight. Those were the two guys I was hoping that were, you know, in, in a perfect world, they have a developmental league and you can stash these guys anyway, without anybody having a chance to take them. But the Jets got lucky that no one did. 
Um, as for the Calvin Jackson thing, I'm not surprised at all. Like I know he became a fan favorite. I tried to softly explain to people the guy just isn't great. <laughs> he he didn't have any any uh any kind of interest around the league during the draft, nor did he have any around after the draft in the UDFA period. Um, if you guys remember, he he was invited for a workout with the Jets and then the Dolphins, but he had a good workout and the Jets signed him, so. Um, he took that offer and look, he's small, he doesn't run great routes and he's not overly fast. So there's nothing that projects him to be a great receiver in the end or even a, a starting receiver or, or, you know, rosterable receiver in the NFL, but that doesn't mean he can't be at all. I'm not saying he's, he's not going to play in the league. That's not fair. We're like, what do I know? Um, we'll see if he ends up anywhere else, but you know, they, they gave him a shot. They, they, um, you know, he, he made some nice plays, but albeit it was, you know, he wasn't anything to go crazy about. I think fans, you know, liked him cause he was kind of, he was cool. He was smaller. So everybody likes that. They, they wanted him to make the team as an undrafted guy. That's always a cool uh, situation too, but not overly surprised that Calvin Jackson, um, didn't work out here. Nick, we knew the Jets were strapped for cash on the salary cap, needed to make some moves to free up some money. And they made a big one. They were able to restructure C.J. Mosley's contract. And so now it kicks some of that down the line. It means that Mosley is probably going to be back next year, which we originally didn't expect. He was the one that made the most sense to restructure just based on how much money he was making. You figured it was only a matter of time before they got around to doing it. They did. They got some void years that were put into the deal. That's that weird salary cap trick that a lot of teams have been using to free up cap space and kick the can down the road. It's not usually a move that Joe Douglas has employed, but this was a situation where they had to figure out something, and this was the easiest fix, even if it creates a little bit more long-term pain. But it does, as I said, mean that Mosley is probably back next year, whereas he most likely would not have been otherwise. Yeah, I think they they saw that Mosley, you know, off the injury and and the year that he sat out, could still play, and he's a valued member both on and off the field. So I think they're comfortable with keeping him around. Having the obviously the cap will increase, so um, I don't think they're too worried about that. They have good flexibility heading into the next few years, and they they needed some flexibility now. So I think it was uh, it made a lot of sense for them to to do it. Um, CJ is a great, great dude to have on and off the field. So, um, I think that kind of factored in too. And, um, they, like you said, they needed to get under, I think they were about like 3 million over the cap before making that move. And I think, uh, it was maybe the, the NFLPA puts out the, the cap figures. I think they're about 16 under right now. So, you know, you have plenty of in season flexibility, obviously you can carry it over too. So if there's an injury, which there will be, and you're going to need to make moves throughout the year, you know, you always want to go in with at least between five to 10 million. So the jets have a little bit more than that. And um, I don't think it's, it, it doesn't, you know, spell a, a big move coming. Um, could they add somebody at the deadline if they're in you know contention? I mean, I guess it makes sense. Maybe someone, uh, maybe like a player who is tagged this year, I don't want to say Jesse Bates because I think the Bengals will be in contention, but a player who's on an expiring deal and is only making a few million dollars the rest of the year, the Jets can send a mid-round pick to one of those teams if, if it's a position in need and the Jets are in contention. So it just it just provides flexibility for Joe Douglas, and um, it's a player that the Jets really like and they get to keep around in Mosley. 
Continuing on the subject of C.J. Mosley, he was named the defensive captain. Zach Wilson, the offensive captain, and special teams captain Justin Hardy. Jets coaches eventually will vote for a fourth captain. None of this is particularly surprising. Mosley is the veteran leader on the defense. Zach Wilson is the quarterback. And Justin Hardy, of course, the veteran leader on special teams. So everything that you would expect in terms of who was voted for as captain. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, Mosley, they're all expected. I think Salah said, what, they're going to vote each week on a, a fourth captain. So whether it's a, you know, a practice reward or if a guy's making a, like maybe Flacco's the uh, the honorary captain this week since it's a rev- revenge game for him. Um, so I'm sure it'll be something kind of, uh, something like giving somebody a little bit of a boost up for who had a good week or, or the game means something to them. Nick, here's an interesting one. Peter King, who is now over at NBC, longtime football writer over at SI, wrote a column where he made a bunch of predictions for the 2022 season, and he predicted Sauce Gardner would win Defensive Rookie of the Year. It's kind of surprising because usually Defensive Rookie of the Year goes to somebody that has splashy stats. I don't know that Sauce Gardner is going to be able to do that. He'd have to have a lot of interceptions, I think, to be able to win Rookie of the Year. It usually goes to somebody with a lot of interceptions or sacks, but it is nice to see somebody like Peter King making that type of prediction before the season, especially considering how dire predictions have been in general regarding the Jets over the last few years. Yeah, I think it just goes to show how good Sauce actually is and can be. And I agree with you. I think I lean towards, not that anybody cares, I lean towards Hutchinson because I think he's going to be a a 10-sack guy out of the gate. And you're right. They usually give it to somebody with those the splashy stats. So I don't think Sauce is going to be your, like, five-interception guy. I think he'll be, you know, because I do think he's going to be a guy teams will probably avoid. Um, So... Yeah, and Peter King also hates the Jets, so it's kind of interesting to see him say something good about us for a while, but you're right. It seems like most of the uh, positive Jets news comes from the fans, and sometimes it's a, it's more made up or, or wishful thinking than it is actual real substance to it, but um, you're seeing a lot of the the, the mainstream is uh, starting to you know, pick up on the Jets at least, adding some talent, and especially in a guy like Sauce, who everybody seems to love. On the subject of Jets cornerbacks, DJ Reed returned to practice today, so he should be ready to go on Sunday. That's good news. Doesn't quite offset the Zach Wilson news, but it helps. Yeah, big time. And, you know, actually I was, like, disappointed to hear that Reed was had a chance of not playing at all because, you know, I, I'd love to see Sauce play, Mark, play on Mark Andrews a lot. I know that kind of weakens you on the outside, but I think that would be a really cool first test, and, and that's the main guy who I'm worried about. And if you can – you know, eliminate, not eliminate him because he's too good to, to take out completely. But if you can limit what he does, um, it allows you to do a lot more when you kind of match up against the Ravens because there's not anybody really else who you you fear. You know, Bateman can do some things. Uh, Prochet can do a few things. So um, then you have the other rookie tight end and Isaiah Likely who you have to watch out for. But, you know, Andrews is the guy you're worried about. and I don't want to see, especially after seeing what Kyle Pitts did to, to Bryce Hall, Bryce Hall, which one, whatever one, Bryce Hall, the corner, I'm going to say from now on, the corner hall, um, we don't want to see him on Mark Andrews get abused. And I'm not sure the Jets have the, the guy in, as a safety who can play with Andrews. So I like that Reed is back. He, I'm not worried about any of these receivers giving Reed a hard time, and I would like to see sauce on Andrews, at least in big spots, you know. It's a crucial third down, a red zone play. I'd rather throw sauce and see what he could do. He's got the size. 
he's got the intensity. I think he can, you know, it'd be a fun matchup with him on Mark Andrews. Nick, we were talking before we started recording that we thought Chris Strebler should be active for this game, throw in some packages, keep the Ravens on their toes. He's not going to be active for this game, but he has been active in practice. He has been playing Lamar Jackson. Makes sense because certainly you're not going to have Mike White playing Lamar Jackson in practice. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I was thinking about that earlier in the week. I was like, oh, they definitely have Strebler, you know, running around back there. But um yeah, that's the one place where you're really worried about Lamar, especially with the Jets in the past and even last year getting beat on the edge and just kind of over pursuing. And you could really, you know, that could really be probably where the Ravens hurt us most. So at least it seems like they're somewhat preparing. But yeah, I mean, I would have loved to seen Strebler. I know he's on the on the practice squad, so you'd have to elevate him and cut somebody else, and they're just not going to do that. But I think it would be something fun, man. Like add an extra element, especially while Zach is down. Um, you know, because Flacco is so limited in the pocket, you don't really have to game plan for any other kind of toss-ins or whatever. So having a guy like Strebler serve as like the third, you know, emergency quarterback slash, you know, guy who can run the ball in the backfield and even throw it, I think it would have added a fun element, but it just it doesn't seem like they even use Strebler like that in, in camp or preseason. So it's not something they're going to throw out there week one, but I thought it would have been a fun, you know, added element to throw in there. A couple of quick quotes from throughout the week so far, Nick. Quinnen Williams said his favorite character is Iron Man. A company made a custom shirt with Quinnen Williams as Iron Man, and it's a pretty cool shirt. I will say, though, as much as I like Quinnen Williams and I think he has a chance to really break out this year, Iron Man is not really the best superhero to compare him to right now because Iron Man implies that he's constantly healthy and ready to go, and he's missed quite a few games so far in his early career. So he's got to earn that Iron Man label. Jordan Whitehead also spoke. He said, when I see this team, I think we can be great. We can be really great, says there are playmakers at every position group. I don't know if I'd go that far, but the talent level certainly is a lot better than it has been in years. If you look at the starting lineup from last year and compare it to the starting lineup projected from this year, we're talking about a major difference in talent. There's no question about it. Yeah, I mean, the Jets cut multiple guys who started for them last year, so um, that's for sure. It's funny that you said that about Quinn and Williams. I'm sure listeners would expect that from me, not you. But, yeah, I think instead of Iron Man, I'd probably go with the Invisible Man. Is that a uh, is that a superhero? But, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I think Quinn should have a good year, too, hopefully. They need him week one, so um, it's going to be a big game right out of the gate for him. And in terms of Jordan Whitehead, yeah, I, I, you know, they – they they've upgraded talent a lot at every position. I will give them that. I think every look at every position, and there was basically a talent upgrade. At least one guy. So um, I'm sure he Whitehead saw the Jets on film late in the year and was probably like, "Wow!" And then kind of coming over here, seeing the upgrades, it probably looks a lot different, a lot better to him. So I'll I'll, I'll ride with what he's saying. But yeah, I think I think it's overstated a bit, but also I think he's kind of right in a way. So. You know, I'm, I know it's a whole positive vibes, and, and I appreciate it, especially from where we've been the past decade. Nick Spano, co-founder of Youth Stadium. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the midweek news and notes with me. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out everything you're doing at Youth Stadium, I recommend, above all else, that they go and get themselves some points for the takes function because if they DM you on Twitter, at Youth Stadium, and mention that they heard about it on Play Like a Jet, you're going to hook them up with plenty of points and an opportunity to win real money, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you could... You could do that. We have a ton of promos, actually, for this week. We have one going for the Thursday night game 
you know, the Bills and Rams, any deposit you make, $1, $100, we're going to 10X it if Cooper Cup scores a touchdown. So you deposit 10 bucks, he scores a touchdown, you're getting 100 bucks. So get in there. That's All you have to do is make a deposit. You go into the app, click your profile picture, the bar opens up, go to add points, deposit anything, a dollar, two dollars, ten dollars, a hundred dollars. If cup scores, we're 10xing it. We're gonna have some really cool stuff up for the jet game. So week one, you know, really the whole season, we're gonna have a ton of deposit promos, um, boosts, whatever. So if you think uh Chris Strebler is gonna make an appearance this year in the regular season, go on and make it a take, throw some points on it. A thousand points equals one dollar. Throw a five thousand point on a Chris Strebler making a at least one taking one snap this year. Um, set a date for it to expire. Put it in the uh, football category. Post it out there. Fans either agree or disagree with you. They wager their points. All that goes to the middle, and then based on the outcome of that take, points are rewarded, and you can uh, withdraw those points or redeem those points for cash on Venmo, PayPal, etc. Um, so it's a really cool feature. We're really getting it out there and doing a ton of promos. So. Uh, check that out again. Let us know if you're a first time user of takes, we will send you over some points to try out some promo points and, you know, get your feet wet there, but we got a lot of fun stuff going on. Make sure you take advantage of the takes function, DM Nick at U stadium. And of course use the U stadium app, check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the play like a jet YouTube channel, the thunder from down under Luke Grant has got some fantastic all 22 breakdowns that you want to see. If you haven't watched them already, watch them and subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash play like a jet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, bless you. Thank you shirt. The Zach says go long shirt. The Zach the Ripper shirt, the play like a jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. Tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. 